0: Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I am joined, as always, by the one and only Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How is your Monday?
1: Uh, it's beautiful. It's wonderful, Dennis. Uh, are you still Are you still in Indiana?
0: Yep, yep. Working out some uh, some details here for what my my plans are to move forward and. Um, uh, getting some projects done on the camper while I'm while I'm stationary. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The
1: the so that's, uh, that's are, are you are you planning on visiting any uh, or, or thinking about? Let's say not planning, but are you thinking about visiting any cool fall locations? I I, I I'm about ready to say like, are you going to hang around here for the cool fall time? Because Indiana does, usually it does have a pretty fall season, um, but I'm sure there are other beautiful fall seasons in the country.
0: My initial plan was to go back up into New England. Uh, It's famous for its fall colors and so forth. That's true. Um, Some of that will depend on how soon I can get back on the road, get reservations uh, at the parks. Um, But that was sort of my plan, my my immediate plan for following uh, uh, the beginning of October. Uh, Yeah.
1: uh, We'll see. You, you should You should consider after that going going west for the winter and telling me and making me jealous every week about how nice it is every day instead of stupid cold
0: i'll yeah I will probably uh my current plan depending on I'm, I'm still trying to figure out the upgrade to my campground membership, but uh, depending on what I have access to, my current plan is to spend the winter in Texas again, um, hmm. maybe with without as many moves um, you know, I kind of know which parks I like more than, more than others and maybe stay in one for a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then make my way to the West coast, uh, for summer next, next summer. Um, find some, some higher elevations, maybe, maybe some Washington, Oregon ocean breeze
1: instead of, uh, Uh, Pennsylvania heat and humidity (laughs) sure that's true Um, yeah I I, I wouldn't I I don't know I mean I I shouldn't discount an entire coast of our our fair country here but a lot of a lot of the um the east coast is so humid and so just thick with yeah mosquitoes (laughs) yeah I mean it's it's a it's a
0: crowded area it's where the country was founded Mm -hmm. and it you know Became densely populated because it's good uh, it's good you know it's a good place to support life in an agrarian society yeah for sure mostly what we had and obviously cities built up in those places but when you know after the civil war people expanded west and were like oh there's all this land and you're like that's true but that land is like maybe it's prairie and you're kind of okay or it's you know Montana, Wyoming, uh, uh, Eastern Washington State. It's, its you know, desert or maybe high desert. And you can survive in the high desert. You've got to have a lot, a lot of land to, to ranch cattle or something. But it's... Uh, I have a friend who lives in Montana, and he said it's something like... I'm going to make these numbers up, so I apologize if there are any um, <laughs> cattlemen <laughs> listening to the show. But... It's something like uh, what they say a head of cattle, which is like one cow, which not cows because those are dairy, but like one beef steer um, yeah. per like acre. So like a whole acre just for one in Montana, which is high desert right. versus uh, up somewhere like Kentucky where you could have maybe five or six cattle on an acre because the soil is so rich and there's so much more moisture for the grasses and and hay that those uh that those cattle consume um and yeah so it makes perfect sense that that those places on the on the east coast and especially in the north it's kind of true in the south too but then it gets you know it's warmer more of the year and so it's not quite the same you get kind of you get different problems right you don't have the like you don't have the cold snow that you know creates a different kind of uh challenge to life but instead you have more you have even more like bugs and snakes and reptiles and things that don't you know you go into um go into florida i actually had a funny um, I know I'm way off <laughs> topic, whatever whatever you said that started me down this trail, but um, I was up in Minnesota last week, we talked about last, or two weeks ago, we talked about last week, and my brother, David, has lived in Florida almost five years now, and he's super into fishing, like, he's, of my brothers, he's the one who's most into it, and somebody asked him, which I didn't, it didn't even occur to me to ask, but somebody asked him while we were up there in Minnesota if he... Was watching the shorelines and stuff for gators. Yeah, and he said that. Yeah, he was every once in a while without thinking of it. He'd be watching the coast like for eyes popping up, oh, and yeah. reflecting.
1: Yeah, I, <laughs> I saw that. I think and I'm I not- was
0: like, "Oh, that would have never even occurred to me." But he's you know fishing and and boating in the lakes in Florida, and there's a very real
1: you know alligator population. It's not just a meme. Like they're really there. Yeah, the, the, um, every time Sydney goes to see her mom in, in Florida, I'm always like, look mm. out for them gators. And, and and it's half joking, but yeah, it's a real thing. <laughs> it's a, you know, you can't go onto like a, <clears throat> here you can walk down the street and there's runoffs on the side of the road. And you're not worried about things coming out of there and just randomly eating you. Um, <laughs> right. But, but right. definitely in Florida. I mean, that, that whole state's a crazy mess. But um, the um, thing I remember about, on that weird little tangent there was that uh, with the eyes and looking out, uh, there's part of a bigger story, but I was watching the space shuttle uh, take off at one point. Oh yeah. You told us that story. Yeah, And uh, I looked out over the lake at the night and they were, they gave us the big talk about watch out for gators because we're right there on the, on that lake there. And, Oh yeah. The whole, um,
0: it's either right by, I don't know the exact, like where the boundaries are, but I think, Almost all of that land around Kennedy Space Center is um, it's a wildlife national reference. yeah it's 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 National Park Service but I forget the the designation. There are a bunch of you know everybody says national parks but there are like five or six designations for like yeah. historic sites and landmarks and different. They all mean different things legally, but like yeah, the um, Merritt Island, it's like wildlife area or something. Yeah, is is all is all around Kennedy Space.
1: Yeah, yeah, there. it's 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 all super super wild and Florida wild, so that's crazy. Um right. so they they were very serious about, you know, th- this is 100% wildlife and there's no fences or anything. We're taking you out to where these bleachers are and it's swamp yeah. land type stuff. They've got big lights, but you know, sure enough it it was really creepy just looking out at that lake and then like little eyeballs. Not two eyeballs pop up like a host of them. Just staring yeah. back at you like, this is this is not cool, man. This is not, you know, I am way back from the water's edge. No one is going to go near the water's edge, you know. But Yeah, it's they, like they in do. the
0: Midwest where you maybe see, you know, a family of raccoons mm-hmm. or deer, except these
1: are raccoons or deer who might eat you. <laughs> yeah, who are looking to eat you, Like right? The deer yeah, are going to yeah. run away from you here, but in there they're like, okay, right. if he makes a mistake, right. I'm going to capitalize on it. So, <laughs> yeah. Which is it's which wild. is crazy crazy stuff, but, um, but anyway, the uh, uh, yeah. So it's been it's been pretty pretty good here in in uh, Bloomington, Indiana. We I I started reading. It's a weird little thing tangent here, but I I started uh, I started like to spend my mornings before work. Not every morning, but a couple of times a week, I'll go to a coffee shop and I'll drop drop my kid off, and then I've got a little bit of time mm-hmm, before mm-hmm. work starts, and I'll go and and sit and, yeah. uh, What's the word for not decompress, but like. Kind of get myself into a easy mood in the morning. Um, oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking a, about. There's a
0: word set my day. There's a word for that. Like um, a yeah. You're not meditating or but, but just kind of like easing yourself into the day. Yeah, gradually I, I, instead of instead of kind of kind of uh, you know trying to jumpstart really fast. Yeah.
1: I I have learned that about myself over my lifetime that. I am highly affected by what happens in the morning. Um, sure. You know, so I, and I, and I don't know, I mean, I I can try to fight that, but I know that I'll wake up and if somebody is in a good mood around me, I just end up having a good mood day, right? It kind of really reflects mm-hmm. me. If they have a poor mood around me, I'm in a poor mood. So, so I active, the point is is I try to actively set myself up into a, a mood for the day, you know, knowing that, that this thing is, I need to like make myself a nice focused chill. And uh, I don't go to like a Starbucks, but I'll go to like a local coffee shop in where it's, you know, nice and calm and, and, and nice and easy. Mm-hmm. And I'll sit down and I like to read. Um, so there's a long way to say that. Uh, but I've been reading uh, a new, the new Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman book from the Dragonlance series because they haven't been, I might've mentioned this before that they were, they, they are the creators of Dragonlance and they haven't, written a Dragonlance book in like decades and they re-released okay. one it's called Dragons of Deceit um it's hmm. it's it's good it's really it's really easy to read um it's okay. just and and I'm not a like a crazy reader like a lot of people are um like a really hardcore reader so for me to to sit and read a book and like page turner type stuff where I want to and I'll say it's gripping page turner I don't mean it that way it's it's one of those like um, I can easily comfortably read this thing and it's flowing in a nice pace and things are going and, you know, like, I, and then, by, you know, when a chapter or even a page ends, I want to continue to read because I want the story to keep going, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, sure. that that's my plug for that that book. It seems really fun. If you've ever read any of the Dragonlance books, it's really great. It's like you don't have to read any of them at, at all, which is nice. Okay, There's like... Right tens of them if not hundreds of them uh but you don't have to read any of them but this has got sprinkled throughout it little callbacks all the way through like the 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 primary series that had started the whole dragons thing is um has these big characters and a big epic story that happens in the world and this story takes place during that but mm-hmm. like somewhere else right okay and so you're you're kind of seeing the world ha- things are happening in the world and they hear rumors and they get news reports kind of of things that are happening off in these places and you're like oh i know i know what's happening there right cuz you've read books but that's not yeah. necessarily super important you know one character goes off to to fight in this war and they're like oh i don't know what's going to happen and they go and fight and you're like oh if you've read these other books you kind of know what's going to happen there um but that reminds me that's of not important. Um,
0: yeah, it reminds me of the early seasons of uh Agents of Shield. Yeah. Where they 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 were running alongside the story happening in the films in the yes. MCU movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but they would they would be coy about it. So like if you haven't seen it, you don't know. They're just gonna refer to something that happened in New York. Yes. Or whatever. It's not it's not part of the story that they're telling with Agents of Shield. Um, but if you've seen both, like you'll appreciate it. it's like an Easter egg.
1: Yeah, it, really. And, and this has got those sprinkled all the way throughout it, which is kind of nice. And it, and it, it made me feel like, I mean, I could, if I want to go back and rip re- back and read those books and that's, makes it a little interesting there, but, but it, it just kind of, a um, that that world is a living, breathing world type thing, right? That there sure. is all this stuff. And this, what I'm reading now makes it that breath. Like you're, when you're reading a main storyline mm. of a arc of a, whole huge campaign or whatever, then it's like epic and world importance and life and death of the universe, you know, but then you read this other story and you realize that it's kind of like other people live in this world too. You know, that's what makes Hmm. it, you know, interesting. And when like dragons come flying in, you're like, Oh, I know those dragons, but it doesn't matter. It's just that these people are all of a sudden, sudden seeing these dragons come in and how they react and you know how it affects their, own little story that they've got happening here, and it, it's just fun. It's a good, nice reading stuff. And I haven't read those since I was in high school. Those other books, so I I don't know hardly anything because I don't remember any of it. Um, but I know that there's. But when they say like he's going off to this fight in this place, I'm like, oh, I remember there's something there, just as much as the characters know, you know. So that's right. that's kind of nice. Um, and yeah. it's 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 like I said, it's easily, it's very readable, smooth and. Thumbs up for me so far um, on the two of them getting back together and doing this, coming back into this world and playing again. You know, I had gone back not terribly long ago and read some of the earlier books, and you can tell when writers, like, weren't good at the beginning. You know what I mean? They got better. <laughs> they got better sure. over time, but yeah, in the early days. And then, you know, now, like, I know Margaret is at least in her 70s, I think, and hmm. They, she's got a career of writing all sorts of stuff. She wrote Firefly books and things like that, and he's written a mm-hmm. bunch of books, um, so many books. Um, so now they come back to kind of like, it's like coming home and starting a new story in this world that they created, and it feels good. Um, you know, nice. it's it's almost like the watching the house of Dra- the house of dragon now. You know, a new mm-hmm. story yeah. and this whole thing that you kind of know has some touches to things like there's the oh there's the Iron Throne etc etc right so that's cool speaking of that um I'm not caught up in that but are you enjoying that show
0: I am Um it uh the last couple episodes are getting a little more intense a little more Game of Thrones uh, II
1: that means a lot I mean that's 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 a loaded phrase what, what do you mean that's by a loaded phrase I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> the early, the early episodes were
0: kind of a. How do I say this? They weren't clean, right? Like mm-hmm. they were still, and I don't even want to call them violent. They were just a little gross, or I guess people would say gory. Um, sure. you know, some dismembered body parts and things like that that you know are fake, but like. You know, we have the technology now to make them look very, very real. Right, <laughs> yeah. Um. But much less uh, sexual content than early seasons of Game of Thrones. And of course, we're, I don't know, like a decade or more from the first seasons of Game of Thrones. So mm-hmm. that sort of makes sense. You know, culture changes and, and moves and shifts. And for a long time, a lot of, uh, you know, sort of, Niche or just outside the mainstream media was really pushing that kind of stuff for a number of years. Yeah, um, you know, starting with Playboy and maybe moving into HBO, and then as that stuff became less taboo, less you know uh, titillating and gratifying just for its own sake, and became more normalized, they're like okay, we don't have to, we don't have to push this as hard. It's not going to uh, compensate for. Uh, weak storytelling not that game of thrones early seasons had weak storytelling it was quite the opposite right um but the story of house of the dragon um the second to last episode i saw which i think was around about four or five maybe um i don't have it in front of me but something like that um got pretty uh steamy spicy in the uh in the sexual content mm-hmm. um um space. And this last one that I saw has gotten a little more of the political like subtlety subtext yeah. um double crossy kind of way. Kind of like in the middle of Game of Thrones. Not yeah. that there was kind of that stuff all the way through, but in the middle seasons, like around when Joffrey gets killed and spoiler, and man. Stuff, spoiler <laughs> there's a little more of that kind of um, tension happening, right? Where characters will have a. I I love when I'm following a story closely enough that two characters will have a scene and they'll both be very calm. They'll both be, you know, nobody's voice is raised. Nobody is losing control of their emotions. Some characters might be very uh, uh, experiencing some very strong emotions, but they're keeping them in check, right? They're just mm-hmm. barely visible on their face. Their face acting, and then they'll say, they'll deliver a few lines, and you're like, oh, there's so much weight, there's so much implication behind these words. Like I love stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and there's more of that in these, in these uh, more recent episodes of House of the Dragon.
1: The, the, when you said Game of Thrones, like I said, that being a loaded type thing. Um, I have negative feelings towards that phrase. Now, sure. mind you, I liked Game of Thrones. Like, I I just been documented how I watched it, where it came back through later and binged it all the way up to season like six or something. Um, mm. when spoiler, Jon Snow died, like that, I watched all the way up to there, and then I was caught right. up to live. Um to watch. And and when I watched that, then way, I really enjoyed it, and the way I watched it because I knew. I knew people that were, had lived up to this point. So I expected everybody to die. But anyway, it has negative because, um, a myriad of reasons, but if everything, it was that this, this, uh, penchant to just be sadistic, you know, and, and just vile, um, to, to the, to the extreme, you know, and, and Mm -hmm. almost celebrate it in a way, you know, celebrating villainous, attitude things and, and never ceasing that. And, and giving just, I uh, like it. <laughs> I'm really bashing here, but give Game of Thrones felt like doing everything it can to make you feel terrible, giving you just sure. the breadcrumb of hope, just so as a big tease to like smash you down even harder. Like if we can just, you know, that's, that's the way it feels. So saying Game of Thrones to me, and that's the way I feel with this show too, is that I'm always waiting for that other shoe to drop. So that they can, mm-hmm. I'm using air quotes here, make it like Game of Thrones, and sure. and I don't want that. Like I'm I'm actually enjoying the show, and I've I'm not caught up to it so far. What I've seen, uh, I guess some kind of spoilers here for, for the show is there is a kind of big battle that happens with um, the the brother. Uh, I think he's an I think he's an antagonist. Um, the king's the king's um brother-in-law yes is it his in-law L- it's just lord
0: king? lord corliss Cor- oh it's Cor- yeah it's the, actually Cor- the
1: king's brother who goes and fights like one-on-one or
0: maybe maybe cousin i think that that his so lord corliss's wife is a targaryen yes so and and he's house valerian which, yeah. this didn't occur to me until a more recent episode, and this might kind of be spoilers, but in Game of Thrones, there's only one Valerian house, right? And even the, the house doesn't really exist, because of course when they uh, overthrew the Mad King, they would have had to, you know, try to purge the whole race, otherwise there would be a civil war. Right. At yeah. some at some point. That's that's how that kind of like extreme uh revolution happens in a in a hereditary monarchy. Like you have to wipe out any potential threats um otherwise, you know, they'll do just what Daenerys' brother um Viserys yeah. uh I think tried to do and you know, raise an army to come back and yeah, well, and take it over again. So there, so there are no, there are no other Valerian houses. But nobody ever talks about House Valerian, right? Right. It's all Targaryen, and so you're like, something happened to them. We don't know what. Yeah. Um. And I won't, I won't say what happened. To yeah. The and show, yeah. But and it was I, a thing that occurred to me. I was like, oh, well, yeah. Nobody is talking about them in a hundred and seventy some years when Game of Thrones is happening. So, um. We sort even if even if you haven't read the source like I have not, um, you can piece that together if you watched yeah. Game of Thrones. Well,
1: well, in, in the episode that I'm in, anyway, it's, da, it's Damon is his name. Mm-hmm. I just saw that Matt Smith's character goes and does something. Yeah. So if anybody knows the show, that's where I'm. That's where I'm at. Um, and, and I'm always waiting for the cruelty to happen, the cruelty and the sadistic stuff, and the, you know, and, and and I'm so so far up to this point. I don't think it's been too much like I don't I think it's been mm-hmm. appropriate. And the story, the story seems the center of the show, which I really like. And I'm enjoying the story and the political intrigue and, you know, some of the cool stuff that's going on. I'm enjoying all of that stuff. I don't need, you know, sadism. <laughs> I, I don't need that. Right. And, and I, you know, it's it just feel, Game of Thrones. It felt needless and pointless. You know, it, multiple times yeah, just, just we, for sake of doing that.
0: We've talked about this before because I can, see, I can see both aspects of that depending on which part of A Song of Ice and Fire you're talking about. I happened to, and I'm sure I've said this before, I came to Game of Thrones after reading uh, The Wheel of Time, which we watched the show, but if you read those books. There are like 15 of them, mm-hmm. and almost every major character has plot armor up until the very last book. Yeah. Um, oh and no I, then, I don't mind people dying too that's, many that's, of them die that's important i but don't mind people so dying. so i i i do i am i'm working to a point so okay. there's <laughs> one so there's that one part of it so when they do the like very early in game of thrones the first book of A song of ice and fire brand gets shoved out a window and i was like holy crap we're right people weren't joking about this like this is the opposite of plot armor like yeah, we've just been told all about this kid and how much he likes to climb and his mother warns him not to climb and he's freaking dead already mm-hmm. and of course he's not dead if you've seen you know you've watched right. the second episode of game of thrones um and so then later they're building toward the execution that i i guess if i i mean i already said about joffrey it's when they kill ned stark right yeah. you're like oh i thought he was the hero but apparently not um, this is not that kind of story. It's a story kind of about how there aren't really clear heroes and villains. There are just people, and some of them are good sometimes, and some you know it's 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 a much more gray story than um, like Lord of the Rings.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and and and
0: so like I was I was down for that most of the time but there were definitely parts the longer the books went on and the longer the series went on until they ran out of books and it just got kind of bad where especially like the red wedding everybody talks about right. the red wedding in the books was bad yeah but the red wedding in the series the tv series was worse right and i was like why did you make it worse it was bad enough and yeah. that felt sadistic to me like the what was in the books was already kind of sadistic but you're like Okay, here's the point. Like we've built up to this, and then the show made it much worse. And I'm like, you didn't need to make it worse; it was already bad. Yeah. And then you have the stuff with Stannis and um, and some of those kind of things. And there are other uh, story arcs in the books that felt similarly like, um, just pointless. Yeah, I mean, like jo- uh, you know, Joffrey we, in general.
1: Like it,
0: follow I, a whole character and and yeah, and I, all of that. And so, anyway, all of that to say, that's why I clarified when I said because I know that like more like Game of Thrones could mean anything like what yeah yeah I yeah, and and, by about, about, and Game of Thrones is a property that is not it's not Lord of the Rings, like we don't talk about it in universal praise, um you know, so that saying it's x is like y is always uh a positive and understood, and there might be more there might be more details i and so for all of that to say I did I did sort of elaborate on it but I I don't see House of the Dragon entering into sadism territory. It's just more a little more violent and a little
1: more um um like political intrigue. Yeah, and and that that I like. Like that is, I'm really enjoying it with House of Dragon and I hope they continue that and I hope they continue on as I said, shortly, it's. I don't mind, like, doing away with plot armor. I don't mind characters dying or even main characters dying. Sure. I mean, as long as it justifies whatever story you're trying to tell, and I and I understand that right. that um, uh, Martin doesn't actually tell a story; he's just writing. <laughs> you know? I mean, that as long as we yeah. understand that, you know, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but that's I don't funny. think House of Dragon is doing that. I don't think House of Dragon has a story that they want yeah. to tell. Um, and and as long as it serves whatever thing they're doing, I'm okay with people going on and dying or having ends. An, you know, I just don't want it to be. There's just no need for it to be gratuitous. Gratuitous things. And so so and it's not. It, that that's what I kind of want to point out here is that so far it's not been. I'm nervous that that they're going to do that. Uh, we're about halfway through now and we haven't. So it would be nice if they finish out season one, and they don't. And they don't do stupid stuff like that. Like, don't get me wrong, the, the season ender could be something crazy and big. Sure. Okay, fine. You got a big season ender. Th- that's okay. But Game of Thrones used to be like every other episode. There was just like you know yeah, chopping yeah. off somebody's I testicles or something. I don't like. know if you
0: knew this, but I was looking up the series on IMDb trying to figure out an actor's name. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're, based on the pacing of the story, I think we're a, an episode or so away from a big time jump.
1: Oh, really? You mean in, in house of dragon, Uh, really? In house
0: of the dragon, because there are cast entries for, um, what's the main girl's name? Uh, um, Rhaenyra. Oh, Rhaenyra. Yeah. There is a cast entry for Rhaenyra and young Rhaenyra and young Rhaenyra is the one we're seeing right now. And I'm like, oh, this is her so far, and then at some point, it might even be the next episode that isn't out yet, um, we're going to jump forward and have a more... I mean, that actress is like 20, but yeah. the character, I think, is still like 17, which is real, like, you know, <laughs> riding the line for the... St- I mean, it's, yeah. you know, stuff that was is really was really common in a medieval-type setting like, like Westeros is, but it's... Yeah. It's I I enjoy that they hard to show on. Uh,
1: yeah, I enjoyed that they did, they did. They did did a time jump. Like at one point yeah. in this thing, they um, someone got married to the king, and then they time oh, jumped like two that's, years.
0: That's right. I I forgot about that. Yeah, they, they did that in the first couple episodes. There like, and, and I and I'm glad they did that. Now I'm, it's now it's a year or two later. Yeah, and and or, I'm glad for that.
1: Like yeah, they they allowed us to continue forward without seeing all that just incredibly would be be boring drama. And pettiness, and then and let us get into the meatiest story, um, and then also yeah, I mean, the, the girls were a, There's 15. a baby.
0: There's a baby in a pregnancy, and it's like the the end of one episode is the announcement of a marriage. In the next episode, there's already a baby, and that woman who was married is pregnant again.
1: Is pregnant again, right? And they're, <laughs> and they're like doing like a <laughs> and then two year and then in the, the next episode
0: yeah. she's she's not pregnant. Like she looks quote-unquote normal
1: yeah yeah and and that's that's um you know that i i enjoyed that i'm glad they did that and i was like well, i didn't want these kids to be 15 forever right so right hopping over to 17 or 18 like okay good good this is allows them to have you know different kind of adult i don't say adult relationships and like physical but like interacting with in an adult manner type stuff with these other people yeah. who are 40s and 50s or whatever you know <laughs> these different, right, these right. different actors um, in, in having those kind of leadership roles and Rhaenyra having growing into that. And I, and I, I enjoy the actress so far. Some people have mixed on her, I think was what I've read, but I, I actually really enjoy her. I think she's doing a really good job. Um, so to hear that there's an older one makes me a little sad, but you know, yeah, that, that's okay. I, that's maybe I like her. She,
0: I mean, she looks young, right? So she's yeah. believable Playing, I mean, she starts at 14, but I think by the time she's really, really doing stuff, she's 17. Yeah. Where the actress is like twenty one or two, I think. Yeah, she just you know looks very young, and so yeah. she's she's uh, very convincing in this kind of challenging, subtle role. Yes, um,
1: totally that she's playing. Totally. So so I'm I'm and that's hard to do, right? It's hard. It's hard to get a young yeah. or yes, young looking person to do good as good drama. And then have that person grow and be still good. So I think they got a good actress for this. Um, but hearing that maybe it jumps forward to somebody else, that's okay too. I, you know, I'm sure that'll be it, that'll be a fun, interesting thing to do. But um, sure. a little, obviously, a little sad that this actress wouldn't go on. It's kind of like seeing recasting of John Star, John Snow. Um, but you know, it's fine. It, it it'll be good. But I so far I am enjoying her. Uh, I've been distracted by Matt Smith. I never watched Doctor Who, but he just he's so recognizable of that face of Doctor Who. Um, he has a, yeah, he has a real presence. I mean, I did
0: watch Doctor Who, and even even without that, like, he, and, and maybe this is intentional, like, the character is, you know, a little bit of a, I don't want to say outsider, but maybe I don't really have a better word than that, um, and he's supposed to be this, like, oh, Technically, maybe, you know, depending on the whims of the king, like, he should be next in line for the throne, but kind of everybody knows that he would be a bad king, and, of course, we all know that in, you know, less than two centuries, this this dynasty is going to get to a point where the king is fully mad and and, you know, about to arson the whole city. Yeah. And so, you know, we know that potential is there, but it kind of has to be somewhere in the character that he is, you know, not, not really a loose cannon and not, so I can see sort of where they're going with that. But I also, uh, speaking of shows with time jumps, um, I watched him on the crown playing young, uh, uh, Philip Duke of Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, where he's, he played a, well, it wasn't even that different of a character. He's playing a kind of petulant man-child, right? Where he's, uh, I think, historically descended from Greek nobility, maybe. I get that show mixed up with Victoria, because they both came on kind of at the same time um, and are similar kind of stories about very long-lived English uh, queens. Yeah, But, um, you know, he's playing this man who has to be uh, second seat to his wife in the fifties in England. And, um, you know, all of the, all of the complexities that come along with that. And a lot of times his character just seems really petulant, really pouty. Oh yeah. And, and there's not, there's not as much of that in, in this character, right? This, um, what's his name? Um, not sure. In in House of the Dragon.
1: Uh Damon, you mean uh, Damon. Yeah.
0: They all have like similar names. <laughs> Even though they're different, you're like Right. Like, Viser- and and of course they're repeated, right? So you're like, oh, Aegon, yeah. I know I know there's gonna be an Aegon, I know there's gonna be a a a Rhaegar, um, all this stuff like right. centr, you know, decades later. Um and so I like him okay. It was off putting at first, but I think he's supposed to be the kind of character where he walks in a room and everybody like has a mixed reaction to him um so I think maybe some of that casting is intentional but yeah anyway uh, I cut you off whatever you <laughs> what were you gonna say about
1: oh i i i I was just saying that that um he's he's a he was a little um you know he he's distracting. In, in the, his mm-hmm. presence type thing. But, but his character's good. You know, solid character. And um, mm-hmm. compelling so far. Again, I've not seen the most recent episode. But uh, he, he has, like, real motivations. And they feel realistic, mm. I think. Because a lot of times in Game of Thrones, when you have people like Joffrey they feel just one dimensional. Okay. You're crazy psycho Royal kid. Okay. Okay. That, that does everything he's going to do is psychotic and sadistic. And that, that Mm -hmm. still feels very one dimensional. And you're putting a lot of that stuff in here. I think Damon feels layered enough. Like, you know, he, he's, he's got those tendencies for sure, but then he backs down logically, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah you know when when he when pushed to shove when he knows he's, he's not going to win he's not going to go and try and kidnap somebody and cut their testicles off you know what i mean he just he, yeah you know,
0: or a lot a lot of times you're not sure what he wants or even if you know what he wants you're not sure what his uh strategy what his plan is for getting those things where you're right there were characters like joffrey of course is central to the like okay, here's this kid, he's next in line for the throne, he's basically, uh, you know, the absolute worst version of a one-percenter, and, you know, product of incest, right? So, like, mm-hmm. in addition to not really legally, quote-unquote, being uh, the proper heir, he's also just a terrible, terrible leader. And that's sort of important to the story, but then you get other characters like... Um, uh Shoot, what's the guy with, with, um, why can't I remember any names? I mean, <laughs> there are only a million names in this, in this franchise. Sure. Um, who, who are they? uh, Ramsey Bolton, right? Oh, okay, Who's sure, yeah. just, Ramsey, you know, Just just a, the other just bastard. Just, yeah. and you're like, okay, so this guy is, is a sadist. Like, that happens, right? People have mental disorders that makes them psychopaths. Mm-hmm. Um sure. And it's just a weird kind of thing. Like, it's important to the story of of Theon. Uh, I couldn't think of his real name because I just had stuck in my head. Um, Because he, you know, he goes through a journey, right, in the story. And that Mm -hmm. is part of it. Um, But it's tragic, as a lot of the stories are. And you're like, yeah, there's not a And, of course, I mean, I don't know. You can obviously write and people have done it. People have written um, complex and interesting psychopath, sociopathic characters, um, but
1: yes, I don't yeah. know. I'm off but, on a tangent yeah, again. So, so the the uh, the thing I'll I'll leave this topic with is, is two things. One is that uh, I think her name is uh, she plays. Um, is it not Rha- not Rhaenyra? It's the, her. It's the cousin to the king. Um, we're having problems with with names today. Um, it's, it's like Raina, Raina or something, or something like that. She's the Targaryen her, mm-hmm. her, uh, she's played by Eve best. That actress, I just, it's so distracting that she looks like Jennifer Aniston to me, like an older Jennifer Aniston. And I'm like, it's every time I look at it, I'm like, that's not Jennifer Aniston. Cause she's acts obviously way better than Jennifer <laughs> Aniston, but it's just, her facial features look so much like her. It's distracting. And I was going to say that with Matt Smith, same thing. It's something about their, their faces are just kind of recognizable. Uh, to me yeah and, and and you know uh his name is reese Reese um he plays otto hightower um okay. he he's well known in the scene, but he still s- seems to look different so I don't know why he's not distracting to me but anyway that's the one thing I say, and the other thing I was gonna leave with is that I read a funny article the other day how um there's a couple like brothel scenes in this series, and mm-hmm. uh the the article is about how um when they filmed a couple of those scenes, it was like a long scene and it took all day for them to film them. So they had a bunch of right. extras who had never met and they're performing sex acts on each other for 12 hours straight. <laughs> and this thing is like, I remember the main cast talking to it and they're like, yeah, man, you know, we have this, it's a hard day's work or things. But then we look at the extras and it's hard for what they're doing, it's very difficult to be totally naked. Yeah. With just like socks and stuff on all day and performing these things with people you don't know for yeah, twelve they're like,
0: hours, they're in the they're in the background, so they're not well lit. But I've I i do not know if I've talked about this before. I probably have. Um, when I was I don't know I was probably still in college, maybe just out of college. Um, my dad and I and my brother and one of his friends drove out to Virginia where they were shooting a low-budget Civil War movie. Yeah. And I think I've said before I used to do Civil War Mm -hmm. Mm reenacting. And so they wanted extras who were reenactors. It was always a big deal. Like, if you watch um, Gettysburg, the old Mm -hmm. uh, movie with Martin Martin Sheen, one of the Sheens, and uh, um, Jeff Daniels, I think, is the guy. Okay. Um, I can tell... And there are probably things I could point out that would, you know, indicate to you. But I can tell in the scenes where there are a lot of soldiers, like, marching in lines and things, I can tell that they're reenactors, that they're not, okay. um, they don't look like the soldiers would have looked historically. The biggest giveaway is that they're too old, right? The yeah. soldiers. Like, yes, there were older soldiers in the Civil War, but just like in modern warfare, most of the soldiers are 18 to twenty. Right. Right. Um, but we went out to Virginia to do this movie, and they, you know, they hire reenactors. And they had actors delivering lines, and every once in a while, one of us would get to throw in a line to put, you know, it was really low budget. Like they're going to put it at a, in a, um, like a theater in a museum somewhere mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, and. They would do these shots where, like, one of the characters is talking to, like, one of the actor actors is, like, they're doing some dialogue. And behind them is a line of soldiers marching, right? And we're, you know, we're not marching, we're not, like, jackboot marching like World War II, you know, Germans or something. We're just walking. But we're walking, carrying all our gear on this, like, gravel road with big, like, Golf ball size limestone uh, paving, which is also not, you know, we're not walking far, we're not walking hard, but they're shooting this scene in front of us. And so every time somebody breaks or messes up or the, the director wants a different take, they had to reset the scene and they do this back to one, which I think is probably similar to how Deviant movies are made in actual, like, with yeah. a budget. Sure, yeah. And so they would say that, and we all have to turn around, walk back to where we started, set up, they call action, and we walk again. We had do this over and over. And so when I hear, when I listen to like Office Ladies podcast or something like that about filming, I'm like, yeah, you don't realize how many, th- you know, and it's, you know, there's that kind of thing where it's physically arduous in some way, and then there are other things like... um friends or how I met your mother, where there are all these characters in the background at the bar or the coffee shop. They're just there all the time. Um uh, right, and yeah. a lot of times, you know, production studios will get normal people, right? They're like, we need people to come be extras in this scene because we don't want to use, um, you know, recognizable people or, yeah, or, yeah, right, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah. And you, you, don't because it's the background. You don't know. It's like when you watch those scenes in House of the Dragon. You're like, yeah, there's all this stuff going on in the background, and they're not, you know, they're not really engaging in any sexual acts, but they're yeah. pretending <laughs> they're under pretending, lights, yeah. like right. naked or, or almost naked, probably with you know flesh uh, covers, whatever. Yeah, um, because th- because they're in the background and and blurry. Right, they're not right. even in focus. And,
1: and, they, and like, they, they have to be, yeah. and they have to be acting that out every take, all the time, constantly, and like right, right. And, and you met that person this morning, you know, yeah, like, yeah, ugh, you know, you've had bad breath all day, and I have to keep kissing you, you know, <laughs> that, <laughs> type, type <laughs> stuff. Um, so moving on from, I didn't really need to talk about House Dragon a lot there, but we did, um, and I guess that leads into Ring of Power, which is a whole different animal, and, and I don't want to mm-hmm. talk about too, that too much now because I think that I want to watch a couple more episodes as, as we keep going. Uh, yeah, We talk about these as a whole, but, but that's a, I, I, the only thing I want to say about Ring of Power in context of House of Dragon is that it's a very different show. Um, when mm-hmm. we, when we watched um, uh, Strange New Worlds and um, the the Orville, the new Orville, um, we, we come out away saying like, oh, they're just, it's okay to have two good sci-fi shows that are different. You know, they, yeah. and they can do that. And that's kind of the same thing here. It's that Ring of Power is a definitely different Kind of show. They're both fantasy, but that's almost where it ends, you know. Yeah. Um, because they they tell the stories differently. Their worlds are completely different. The way people treat each other and interact and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. histories are histories on both shows are monumentally important. And the world that each show is in is monumentally important to every character and every and the yeah. story. Uh, but because they're so vastly different, the show and the story and the people are vastly different, which I, I really, really enjoy with both of these. Um, you know, it's just seeing what if the, you know, it's Tolkien's world, right? Like, you know, what Mm. if Tolkien's world, you know, learn about more people and, and different uh, actors and how, um, Elves and humans and dwarves and things like that uh, interact with each other in this world and, and this, with this this history and, and ethos. The same thing with House of Dragons that, you know, you get different people in this kind of world that has very harsh kind of world um, and people act certain ways. And you've got the firstborn males and things like that kind of stuff, um, mm-hmm. you know, and then th- th- I've, I've often said it's like it's really I enjoy watching people interact with situations, you know, that's that's. We kind of had an offline talk today, or I guess online talk, off, off the air talk about um, like character arcs and growth and things like that. I enjoy watching uh, characters interact in a world or in a situation and seeing how they deal with stuff. And House of Dragons has really interesting characters dealing with situations that are... It really interesting and you're just following those situations through and i think that's really fun and compelling and ring of power has the same kind of things things are happening and you're fo- following these people reacting <clears throat> although i think in ring of power personal opinion is that some of that's almost like it's preordained and people are kind of forcing that on their characters but um yeah so anyway ring right. of power is is, is is i didn't is, quite follow that but oh, i was um I, I was saying i'm trying. to pick on Galadriel is what I'm trying to pick on is that you know she's oh I her, see her, w- without being too overt about it was that gotcha you know gotcha. Uh, every, every character in House of Dragon I think most characters are are reacting to the situations as their characters would in a world of this world whereas Galadriel okay. is the character is reacting how um you're you think Galad one way that Galadriel acts throughout forever like she's just kind of a one note tract oh, someone gave I her see. one pitch and then that's how she's acting. She's not reacting to anything in the world. She's not history doesn't matter. She's just one character. I think. Yeah, that's. And, now that you say that, that that actually
0: brings into focus my sort of weird feeling about the character and or the performance uh, that I couldn't quite I couldn't quite articulate because I think she has um, she has a good look, right? Mm-hmm. Kate Blanchett is a very unique looking actress, right? Um, and this Welsh actor, who's, I assume she's Welsh, Welsh, she has a Welsh spelling name that I'm not going to even try to pronounce, <laughs> um, has a similar look, but she often has this like almost deer in the headlights kind of expression where I'm like, is she trying to imitate the Kate Blanchett performance because it's not working for me in whatever way? Um, yeah. I do think she's one of the strongest actors in the cast. I like her better than... Um, I shouldn't say like her better than, but I like her better than the actor playing Elrond. I don't... I, I also can't put my finger on why I'm not liking Elrond. I'm also only, I think, three episodes in. There's at least one or two that I haven't seen yet. Um, I've had a hard time getting into it. That's sort of my my hot take. It, like If I have the opportunity, which... They're both kind of released at the same time um, between this show and House of the Dragon. I'll pick House of the Dragon every time. I have a free episode of that. I, it's just everything about the story and the storytelling is more compelling to me, the, the which doesn't make a lot of sense because I'm a big Tolkien fan, but I think just everything about the performances and the writing and the pacing... Um, is not working. I think that I have somewhat of a bad taste in my mouth from wheel of time that I'm Hmm. carrying over, which isn't really fair. I don't know how much of the teams overlapped if at all, but I know that it's in, you know, it's Amazon prime in both cases, uh, prime video. Um, and so that is sort of just like, like a pall hanging over my mood when I, when I fire up an episode, um, I honestly might do, I don't know if it was you saying this, but this might be one where I just wait until the season's over and watch it all at once. Sure. Um, so that there aren't these big gaps and I'm trying to figure out and remember what happened. Um, there's also, you know, for being the same genre, but very different um, vibes. Um, House of the Dragon does not have the scope that... Game of Thrones had right Game of Thrones yeah. was like every week we're like and you know to the point where in the books I've talked about this before in the last two books in, a, in the A Song of Ice and Fire series uh, covered the same time with different characters right instead of yeah. covering time from all the characters he did one and was like I'm gonna cover half the characters in this book and then the next book will be the other half and yeah. you know it's like they'll just come out you know within a year of each other and then there was like a five year gap Right. So people were waiting like five, maybe even five to seven years. For, to for figure nothing out the, in the world to, to advance. For, to to figure out what happened to the rest of the characters while stuff was going on. It was like the reboot season of Arrested Development. I know yeah. I'm running yeah. all over the place with these references. Um, House of the Dragon, even though there are stories going on, there are different things happening with Rhaenyra and her friend and the king and her, and her uncle and house valerian and all of those things it's still all centered right it's all king's landing who's gonna sit the iron throne and what is everybody's relationship to that situation yeah um there's no you know in in game of thrones in the song of ice and fire it's there's the north and there's the eerie and there's king's landing and Daenerys is over across the sea and eventually you get the houses in the South and people go to the deserts and you know, they're they're just so much going on all the time. Um, and that's a little more how rings of power is there are all Uh, of these different stories with different people. There's a, there's a story with the Harfoots that's Mm -hmm. not at least so far, not connected at all to the main, Mm -hmm. um, collateral narrative and and so it's just it's just a lot more to follow and keep track of and i think that adds to my general kind of hesitancy
1: now with the series now now for me i love i loved all your, your comments there because i think they're all true and all right um i i have the opposite feeling of the two shows uh, for mm. the exact same reasons but different like the same but different reasons but the same it's weird um like the game of thrones thing is exactly what i had mentioned like i i don't really i'm not eager to watch it each week because of my hang-up on the previous show which we just covered sure, you know like sure. waiting for the, the shoe to, to fall waiting for the sadistic stuff waiting for the quote-unquote you know game of thrones type stuff to happen and mm-hmm, i'm and mm-hmm. it, it, it makes me not want to watch like i don't I don't feel like I want to really want to turn on this episode to see the characters that I like going to have a gruesome end or needlessly or, or, you know, like, so so that's like your wheel of time thing. It's, it's not, it's not fair or not the right reasons. And I shouldn't do that. And I know that, but that's that subconscious thing. That's like, uh, okay. But then ring of power on the other hand, um, I like, I want to watch every single episode as soon as it comes out. And, and I watch and I watch it i watch it twice like i've watched every episode twice so far um and the reason me that one is it, it i feel maybe it's because i feel comfortable with it like i know um it, it might be also because i i do know the source material uh, fairly decently and, and I enjoy mm-hmm. it and I know the world and and I'm comfortable with that and I feel comfortable with it like i i know that that there's going to be orcs and there's, there people could die in here, but it's not going to be like crazy. And I'm not going to go in here and, and I keep saying, I think this is the third time i send said this, Elrond's not going to have his testicles cut off, you know, <laughs> ne- ne- next week. You know, it's, it's sure. may- maybe, maybe the, uh, the dwarf guy dies in a mine, you know, maybe that happens, but it's not going to be like sick, you know, that I'm going to, I'm going to get sick because sure. of it and, and hold a grudge and yeah. have terrible things. So I always feel comfortable watching this, you know, fantasy world and, and for me also, it's, 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 this is not a good selling point, I think for, for a series, but, uh, I, I know things all the little, a lot of the Easter eggs, you know, when they go into Numenor and the things like that and they, and the oh, characters shit. that come up and I'm like, oh, that's, that's exciting to me. And and Rimbor comes up and I'm like, oh my God, that's, that's the guy. And I know it's, it, so it gets me excited when they have these new characters or new things come on and you're like, oh, this is this. And I have that feeling of this is going to be big. Because they're playing this, something's gonna happen. And, and Lord of the Rings isn't fully fleshed out with the Similarian, but you know that they are important characters because he, at one point in like one line in the similar, he'll like, say, This is an important character that changed the world. Like he won't say why, he just is, right? Mm. Um, and so when a character like in, in Ring of, Rings of Power shows up, I'm like, Oh, this is a thing and we're going to explore it. And that makes me excited to want to watch it. That like I said, that's not a good reason to watch a show because I don't think that's, I don't think that you should, you should watch a, a show should be made without or a movie or a film or whatever, without having to have that reliance on that kind mm-hmm, of, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff. But for me, what I call that's homework. a driving force. Yes. homework. Right. For me, that's a, that's a driving force because I kind of already sure. done the homework. Basically, you know, it's, hey, that's a good example. If you've already done the homework and then you have a reason to like the thing that's, that happened, it's great. It makes it, you know, makes it wonderful. Uh, right. So anyway, I like that. But uh, what I did want to say with that, and I kind of said it earlier, was that <clears throat> I like all of the things so far. I agree with everything that you said about, about Ring of Power. I think uh, they weren't complaints. They were just you know, critiques, just the, your, your reasoning for lot of the characters I, were, were I, spot I have- on.
0: I have a kind of generally negative vibe about it, but I'm not deep enough into it to really be able to justify that. And I've not read any of the Silmarillion, uh, so I can't, you know, I have no leg to stand on in that regard either. I just am am not into it right now. I yes. also did stop right before or maybe just in the early scenes of them starting to introduce Calibrimbor, And I did play... Uh, those rings, uh, shadows games.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm playing through the second one now, and man, is it so much fun! So, much, <coughs> so much fun. I mean, it's <clears throat> it's yeah. like all the things of the lore that I want. It's so, it's so good. I have that on our list, Shadows of War, but but I won't talk about it except to say this I love it because of the lore. <laughs> and Celebrimbor is a main character in those games, he's the wraith, um, right? Right. And, and now, going back to the rings of power with that, it's that, uh, while I enjoy all the things I'm saying about Rings of Power, I am I am uh, not put off, but like I stay, it makes me stand back some of the, the casting or some of the acting, and I mean that mm-hmm. like uh, Galadriel seems very one note, and I enjoy her and the actress and stuff, but like it's not she doesn't react to anything; she just is like this yeah. one course character that, and and you can give me reasons for that, sure, it's just not interesting. Like you know, right. it's it's annoying. Is kind of what it is, and it continues on all the way through all the episodes I've seen so far. And she's just she's just relentlessly. And I know that they to go, oh, there. She's got a one track mind, relentless. But it's it's not great. It's just you know, not, it makes like, it, it makes regardless.
0: Her yeah, regardless of the reasons or the the lore or any of that, which are you know, hopefully all justified. I'm given the given the writing team a lot of credit with that, that doesn't make it interesting to watch.
1: Yeah, it's not interesting. And she's yeah. not, like I said, she's not reacting to the situations. She's not trying to go, which would make logical sense. Like when she was in Numenor and she she should have some, as a, an important uh, elven person that we know that she actually is, I don't know that she would ever react with this kind of way. That That character, what we've even seen in The Lord of the Rings at an older age, why would she just constantly just not react to situations and read the room and, you know, do kind of, it's just, it just, it feels not well acted or written with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Elrond is a little distracting because his character feels nothing. His young character feels nothing like his old character. Um, yeah, so, I, so I'm I think that's those. what
0: it is for me and it's supposed to, you can probably answer this question, but a large amount of time is supposed to pass, right? This yes. is yes. second age versus third age. We're talking, yes centuries if yes. not millennia it's yeah it's, um, something, it's
1: something like three to five hundred years i believe
0: yeah and so i get that the characters are supposed to uh you know change a lot in that time the the elves we see in lord of the rings are are you know old and tired and about to cross the sea back to their home where they're supposed to go and they've been in middle earth for centuries um but yeah, the, the 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 Elrond, young Elrond here in Rings of power feels very different from. He, he feels
1: very movie, different, and, and almost Galadriel Elrond. kind of feels a little different. I I, I, I appreciate seeing mm. young warrior Galadriel. I I really actually enjoy that. Sure, but, sure. But that, that doesn't mean that she is not intelligent or wise. She's should. <laughs> right. Galadriel's core being is that she's a wise person and has been wise forever. Elrond. Yeah. Now, now I like Elrond's character in this. He's he's I actually really like him, um, but I I don't am not seeing him as Elrond. Maybe that's the thing yeah. I'm not, I'm just not seeing him as just he's just a yeah, he's just a herald elf. That's a whole different mm-hmm. character. And and I enjoy I like the dwarves by the way. I think this is you say what you will about the dwarves in the Hobbit being good or bad. These are great characters of dwarves. You know I, I love Deesa, sure. the, the, the the wife. She's she's awesome. I love all of the dwarves are great. The Harfits are, are great too. Um so so there's there's a couple things in here that I'm I am, you know, thumbs up. But anyway, my, my point was that a couple of them are a little off putting and your critiques on those I think were spot on and good reasons for things. Um so those. Uh my favorite thing ring of power is Aren Ar- Ar- like the elf guy. He's super cool. Um mm. and I, I enjoy the the things that this series have is um uh the the high fantasy i like the high fantasy uh whereas uh, house of dragon is very low fantasy type stuff except it has dragons besides the dragon scenes um yeah you know you, you you see um in rings of power you'll see elves you know uh very lightly walk on like almost like walk on water. Cause they're like mystical and right. magical. Right. And he does, you know, flips with the chains and things like that. That's it's high fantasy. Right. And that, and I enjoy that a whole lot. Sure. Um, sure. you're seeing, you know, statues that are the size of mountains, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I enjoy those kind of things a lot. Uh, the last thing I said about there's, uh, Calibram boar, Celebrim I, I want to say it uh, in the games is phenomenal. And I'm not a big fan at all of the casting in rings of power. Hmm. it's so weird cuz he is he fights Sauron in the in the in the second war in the second age he crafts the rings with Sauron it's a it, he's a big warrior aggressive type character that has strong will and this guy t- is not playing him that way at all and it's kind of okay it's fine it's again it's just a different character than what i expected um, sure but it's fine so anyway hey we i didn't really want to talk about those things and now we're really kind of talking about them but <laughs> moving on from that one uh if you haven't played the playstation i think they're all things not just playstation but uh the middle earth games um that came out too long ago shadows of war and can't remember the other one um shadow one of mordor was the first one yeah that's it shadows of Mordor, phenomenal wonderful games just great games and, and i'm playing them now it's one of the reasons one of the many reasons I'm actually really tired because I keep staying up until two in the morning. Because <laughs> one more thing. I'll just get one more thing. I'll fight one more orc. I'll go I'll take down one more captain. You know, something like that. Um so uh that, that's been really fun. Okay, moving on uh till we got let's talk about our movie this week. What do you say? Yep. Let's do it. All right, this week we
0: watched the 2016 uh animated The 2016 anime film, Your Name, uh, Kimi no Na Wa, uh, written and directed by Makoto Shinkai. Um, I don't know where to start with this one. Um, I've seen this movie at least three times, uh, usually with enough years in between, um, that I forget details of the story. Um... Boy, this is a movie I think best enjoyed with as little uh, pr- uh, prep or preconception as possible. I agree. Um, Actually, I'll read the summary here before I want to go straight into spoilers, because you can't really talk about it without spoiling it. Um, the summary says, Two strangers find themselves linked in a bizarre way. When a connection forms, will distance be the only thing to keep them apart? And I'm gonna hit the bell now. Okay, we're gonna talk spoilers for the whole plot of the anime film Your Name. So if you've not seen it, please skip ahead because it'll kind of spoil it for you, in a literal way.
1: I mean, it's, it's the same. It's this is the same way that like the Notebook gets spoiled, not the Notebook. What am I thinking? the The Lake House, or it the one with um, Keanu Reeves.
0: Keanu Reeves, yeah. yeah. I mean, sort really of, except that th- I, yeah, I, I thought of that movie while I was re watching this. Um, but then this movie, at about the halfway mark, takes a pretty severe turn. Sure. From, from the, the mood and the, and the plot. Um, I, I had uh, our buddy Fox watch this as well, and he was like, if I paused this at the halfway point and guessed how it was going to end, I would have been completely wrong like not even close. I could not yeah. have predicted what was coming in that in that uh twist. Uh
1: that being said, I could I could semi predict that something would it, that I could predict that it wouldn't end how you would guess. Because I say that because a lot of uh anime like serious stories just take left turns. That's know? true. That's true. They, they, I mean, it's, I've always considered that a product of the culture in the way they, I am being very generalistic here, way they tell stories or something. It's like, um, one of my comments on this show uh, to myself was, um, they don't, they, they have no rules. There's no rules here, you know? And of course there's no rules. It's a made up fictional story. Um, um, but, a lot of times anime just completely doesn't have rules. I think you've, you've mentioned that with a lot of good th- uh, books that you've like. Um I think it's R- Robert. Um, what's his name? Uh, um, Sanderson. Like it, something you've, you've always said about him that you liked is that he, he does like believable magic systems and oh, he's Brandon got rules Sanderson. that he sets up yeah. with, with things. And, and you, and the, you've always said a lot of times that you have to stay within those rules. And then what's makes it good anime, just totally generally bucks those rules. Like they will change the rules mid midstream. You know, and I think this one kind of does that kind too. Of. Yeah. Um yeah. And that's, and that's and weird. and that's because you don't have to. Like you don't have to. It's it's a totally made up story. And they want to tell whatever story they want to tell. And they're going to tell it the way they want to tell it. So you just in, in these more serious anime shows, you just kind of on along for the ride and then when it's done, you look back and say, Huh, okay, that's that's the story and it makes it very unique and different and zigzag everywhere. Um it's a weird way to not get spoiler around here but in this one you get um like the whole thing about them forgetting things like that why there's no why or re- it just it just does. It's, you know
0: it's a dream, right? They sort of explain that in the prologue, but it takes But it's not a dream, I mean, like it's a real thing, right? Well, but they think it's a dream. again, I mean As you said, it's not explained. So the closest it gets to an explanation is that what's happening to them is like dreaming. Like, at first, they think they are dreaming. And so just like a dream, you remember, like when you wake up, you remember a dream. But over time, you lose the details. Sure. Right. I mean, that's that's as good of an explanation as you'll get for that question. I'll I'll say what I, what I told Fox, he said he had never seen a full length anime film. And I've seen a couple other movies by the same director. And I think this is one of the things he does where, um, the story is about characters and yes, there might be some big crazy thing happening around it. Um, but, but ultimately the story is about the characters and the, yeah. like the world or the rules of the fantasy are not going to be explained. It's yes. it's very much yes. it's very much like if you in sci-fi you would call it a like hard or soft sci-fi like this is very much soft sci-fi. Like it's right. not really sci-fi, but um that's what I mean when I say soft. Like this thing is happening and the best explanation they have is that it's something mystical, something supernatural not even really religious um and and that's it that's all that's all the explanation really you get
1: yeah yeah and and that's okay i I like i like that explanation that you said that like this the characters are the core all the stuff around it is just i don't want to say crazy because that's not the right word it's just it's not the point Right. It kind of right. is the point. It's just kind of, it's not even really a framework. It's just things that are happening. And then the, to these people. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then they deal with it. So, uh, so talk about this, this show specifically. Um, I liked it in general. Um, it's, I think it's something I, I would tell, uh, who's this for, I would tell Sydney to watch it. Who's a fan of anime. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it would win any non anime fans over. Uh, I I definitely don't think I could show this to shell and she would like be lost and not sure the point and things like that. I think you have to be kind of a fan of the storytelling um, and appreciate appreciative of the culture, et cetera, et cetera. um, To, to really like it, which I am. So, so I liked it. Um, And it's, it's endearing. Um, Mm -hmm. It has the, it has the, it has the anime thing that people just fall in love. Like I'm in love. Right. It, it did not feel like they were in love, by the way, most of the time when they were talking to each other, like they were setting each other up on dates or right. And, and they weren't really setting each other up on dates. They like she was like flirting, I guess, with the other girl. So she liked the other girl is what I got. Not necessarily mm-hmm. that she was setting it up for him or anything. So they right. felt very disconnected. And then all of a sudden when they couldn't talk to each other anymore or live each other's lives, then they like instantly fell in love with each other. Which was like, it felt like, I don't know where that came out of, they just did. I'm like, okay, it just is. You just, again, that's an anime thing, they just are. Yeah, I don't they, know. Because they I mean, share that connection, you know.
0: It's an interesting question. As I said, I've seen it a couple times. Um, um, something Fox pointed out that I noticed more uh, re-watching it now is a thing you observed about um, uh, Mitwa, the girl, um Where it almost... Like, if you don't know where the story's going and you don't know that it's uh, Japanese and from 2016, it almost feels like a trans kind of story. Yeah, Um, sure. Where, you know, there's some of that. There's I don't know that I've seen anything remotely like that come out of Japan. Maybe there is, but probably much more niche than this. This was, for some amount of time, the the highest uh, box office anime film in Japan uh, okay. for, for, for years, or maybe not box office, but something, the highest grossing, highest selling, something like that. It, it, it held a record for a while that I assume has now been overtaken by Demon Slayer or something. Yeah. Um, and so I knew that that wasn't the case. I've also seen it before. Um, but watching it again with that in mind, I could see where there were elements of that. I think as far as the romance, um, it was probably more on his side at first. Like he's the one who we first see go look, go look for her. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, sure. but then it, it really is, you know, if I had to, you know, try and explain it's, you know, feel it. It's like emotions are irrational, but, mm-hmm. um, it really is a kind of absence makes the heart grow fonder. Like once the swapping stops, they're curious enough. And then in that curiosity, start to realize that this person was a part of their life that is now gone. And they're like, oh, I have these feelings. I mean, it's, it's how the movie is set up. It's an interesting... I, I was talking to um, my youngest sister about this because she loves this movie. She has it on Blu-ray. And I said, it's been probably five years since I saw this last. And so I was fuzzy on a lot of the details, but I knew the big high points, right? They're swapping and they don't really know why. And then there's the, the second act is all about the town and the meteor and all this stuff. But the, the music and the visual imagery of this movie is so beautiful. Um, and, and, knowing where the story is going that just the prologue sequence made me a little bit emotional I don't think it would if you didn't know the story already Mm -hmm. um but it's you know he does this monologue that like he's going through life and it's boring and dull and it's it's a motif that comes up a lot in um Japanese productions like this I think because they have a uh, kind of workaholic culture that only some elements of american culture um mm. uh, are similar to right and and so people seem to especially adults um seem to go through life with ennui right um yeah. and so he has this he has this like he 's searching for, like something is missing from his life and he doesn 't know what it is. He's like it's something, someone. Maybe it's not someone. I don't even. I don't understand why I feel this way. Um, and so that sets up the. It's, I, I think that I'm trying to get back to the point I was trying to make. Um, I think that's part of how the the romantic feelings for them grow because we don't see. They probably tell us at some point, but but we don't have a clear sense of how much time passes at least i don't in my in my memory from when the swapping stops to when he goes to the town and finds out that they're in different times yeah um and i think it's i think it's meant to be some amount of time like weeks and months um not enough time to like fully get over it but enough to have this feeling of like you know this is something i had and now it's gone and i want to get it back
1: yeah i i uh i i liked it for the unique the uniqueness of the story i i liked the the twist of the time jump thing i liked that you know they got an opportunity to like go again swap one more time and and have that um Mm -hmm. i that second half when they started making it a love story i liked that better um sure but but as i said before uh for me it's just a Outside perspective, watching this for the first time and and not watching, say as, as much as anime as my, you might or other people might, I I was just basically told that they they love each other, and then then I'm just okay with it. Like it, it didn't feel to me like a, a natural progression of love. It was like act one, they were two separate people, were pen pals, and, you know, mm-hmm. living this extraordinary thing, uh, and then that was the the thing. And then all of a sudden, act two happens, and now there it's a love story. I'm like, okay, well, that's just the way it is. Right. And, and for, for him, I kind of get that. Like you said, when he went and saw her, and then they do the little, they do a couple music scenes, you know, when he's traveling mm-hmm. and, and he's talking about her, and he's got his friends, and he talks with his friends about her. And I, I started to feel that natural, like, okay, now he's falling, falling for her. But she just loved him just, just because he loved her. It's just like, that's what it is now. So I'm like, okay, moving on type stuff. And I do that, I personally do that a lot with anime. You just can't think about it, right? You just accept it for what it is. Um, I also accept that Japan, the Japanese people and culture with emotions is a totally different animal. So I know that I don't sometimes pick up on the things that they might be trying to give up, give out emotionally. So maybe I miss that. Right. And something that he does or says that makes her feel that way or that uh, has a flirtatious nature to it that I'm not picking up. So when they tell me that they fall in love, uh, I, I I just take it as that. Right. Sure. Um, so. That's to say that their relationship to me didn't feel like a natural flow, but I'm OK with that. It, it was just every like you said, the scenes were shot. They were pretty um, when they were, you know, uh, Vi- pi- uh, was it called uh, pining for each other? It felt like, oh, that's right. I, w- I would pine for someone like that maybe, and and that's the mm-hmm. story I want to hear. And when they were telling this story about them just being like pen pals, I wanted to hear that story. So at every point, I enjoyed the story that was being told at the moment, you know. And then I enjoyed yeah. the moment with uh, them trying to save the save the town. That's a story that they were that just randomly comes out of nowhere, and they they tell that right. story. So this was a show that I just enjoyed the stories at the moments that were being told, and like you said, it was it's really pretty drawn and nice nice music. Um, so it, in the end, the whole show, the whole movie, was a good movie because of all these interesting parts. Um, but also, like a lot of anime movies, they don't have a full. It it kind of feels like they were piece together as you go along and that's just a general anime thing i think and i and i don't mind that but that's why i said what showing it to a western audience someone who who's not familiar with that kind of style would just probably get lost after the first you know 20 minutes um and then they switch it over and it's, it's a whole different thing and they're like oh, i don't know what's going on um so it's hard to recommend that kind of stuff
0: sure uh, it, yeah uh, we can we can probably move out of spoilers here that's an interesting point um now that now that we've moved out of spoilers, I'm going to refer to something you said in spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this is the thing we talked about. What we watched, Violet Evergarden, which is my yeah, quintessential example one. of this. Um, yeah. There are often in anime productions either things that are uh, uh, don't translate culturally from Japanese mm-hmm. culture to Western culture, or are not relevant to the story and therefore not explained or described in any in any detail and there's not none of this right like um you know star wars uh, notoriously got worse when lucas tried to explain how the force works yeah right yeah right um that's the that's the the harrison ford joke from the new movie but also original star wars was pretty heavily japanese inspired um, yeah, I think with swords, and samurais, and sure. It's, I mean, in, it's a little bit Western, like Western, Western genre inspired, which is also kind of Japanese inspired samurai movies and stuff like that. But anyway, that's mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm getting into weeds. Um, the 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 detailed mechanics of how the force works are not important to the story of, An- right. oh, of Star Wars. Like, it's a story about Luke and his you know growth and and coming of age to become a hero um and that hap- it i think it happens more in um in anime than it does in western productions we also watched a movie called yesterday about a guy who wakes up in the world in a world where the beatles never existed but somehow mm-hmm. everything else is the same like music right. followed the same evolutionary path which is ridiculous but that's not what the story is about the story is about him and his relationship with his friend who has feelings for him like their love story like that's what the movie is about Uh, the the alternate universe thing is just context um it's just the plot um and so there's a lot of this here in this movie too it's um it's a beautiful movie that i love and would recommend to not everybody but if you watch anime and somehow haven't seen it it's fairly well-known popular in anime circles um but for example i would not try and recommend this to my mom my mom watches a lot of stuff my my sisters uh got her to watch all of the mcu films um (laughs) but one of her what did we watch um. Oh, man, I was going to mention this at some point in our show. We watched a movie called American Underdog. Yeah. Uh, with Zachary Levi about mm-hmm. Kurt Warner.
1: Yeah. And at was, several
0: yeah. points throughout the movie, my sisters or somebody would catch my mom on her phone, like looking up Kurt Warner on Wikipedia right <laughs> to find out what happens. And we're like, Mom, why are you Googling spoilers? Yeah, right. Uh, because she, you know... As, as you're supposed to do, is, like, the movie has tension, right? There's, there's yeah. some, it's presented you with some information, but not all of it because there's going to be a reveal because that's how dramatic tension works. Yeah. And, you know, when we watched Winter Soldier, every time the Winter Soldier appeared, you know, nobody knows who or what he is or, or anything. She's like, who is that guy? Who is, like, like she wants to know right now. Right, yeah is, right. You know how it's that's how it's supposed to feel, and it's you know you have this impulse to be like, just wait. The movie's going to tell you in like five minutes. <laughs> like you just <laughs> right. have to wait. But in a story like this one, like in your name, the movie is not going to tell you. Yeah, the movie is yeah, going yeah, to tell right, you yeah. something that's relevant to its story. But if your big question is, you know, something about the mechanics of something supernatural happening or whatever. It's not, it's not going to explain that. That's not, yeah, that's, that's generally,
1: that's generally anime Things are like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I would agree with almost all of that. I think that, uh, or 90% of that, I can't think of anything. I don't, um, the, uh, I, I would not, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't recommend this to anybody that doesn't, hasn't watched anime at all. But if you have watched any anime and enjoy anime in any capacity, uh, it's it's definitely a good one. It's a good one to watch. Or if you don't mind romantic th- shows, of course. Right. Um. So so if you like romantic shows, and you like anime, then you need, this is definitely one. But I also would send you to Violet Evergarden as well. Um. So that's a different uh, kind of sp- d- different, that's, but but that's they're not
0: not romantic, really. Yeah. No.
1: Not not romantic, but like the feels. Is that the words I'm looking for? Right. Both the vibe, of them have maybe. have vibe, and they have intense feelings like they're very emotional movies Mm -hmm. right um and and this one happens to be romance Violet evergarden is something different um but they 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 just have their their i going not say slow but they're thoughtful and Mm -hmm. uh you know and and things in in different ways uh but so yeah i would definitely i would definitely recommend this to anyone who likes emotional anime or 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 who who enjoys it or has seen one and said oh i kind of like that yeah definitely watch this one it's it's definitely good but i wouldn't I would not pull it out of the gate to anybody you know who just wants to watch a romance show like oh no, no this one um not <laughs> right. because it's bad in any way for any reason it's just a different it's a different way of storytelling uh i wanna leave this topic with something I learned today which helped me appreciate japanese culture and and anime in general and young anime shows as well. Uh, a 90, a podcast called 99% invisible, which I regularly listen to have talked about on here mm-hmm. is with Roman Mars. They did a, a piece on, um, I think it was cities in Japan or neighborhoods type stuff. Um, okay. it's a really, it's a really good piece, but a lot of it was talking about, um, how, um, man, I wish you could remember the episode number, how, uh, neighborhoods and cities are built around communities. Um, And, and like fully invested in communities, not cars or not, not things, but that's why the, the school is in the middle. Everything's walkable. Um, And, Mm. and kind of the gist of the whole thing was that how um, kids at a very, very, very young age are made to be independent and to go out and how the community is, how the community is made to uh, claim ownership of all of the safety of all kids. Right. Type, type stuff. And, and, and I know we say that, oh, yeah, we do, too, in our neighborhood. No, 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 it's not that. It's like the entire culture of an entire country is that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and, and their cities and societies are built around this very important thing. Uh, as an example, they don't they find it really odd when someone asks the simple question, how does your kids get to school? That seems like the weirdest question to anyone to ask who's grown up right. in Japan, because, of course, they walk Um they walk. How else would you get to school?
0: Maybe, uh, maybe by the time they get to high school, they have to and depending on where they live. Maybe they have to take trains. They but have a to lot take of public yes. transit. But, but there's but, no. But usually not. Like, usually, yeah. Like usually. I never see if it's set like in an urban enough setting. Maybe they do that. But yeah, I've seen. I don't watch a lot of anime about kids, but I've seen a couple that are like middle school or younger, and they just walk to school. They put a backpack yeah. on and they walk. Or, yeah, you they, know, maybe maybe they ride a bike, they get a bike and ride and it's faster, but they all live close enough um, that they can, you know, that they can yeah, get there on they're, their they're own. Exactly. There's no and, school and, bus or anything like and,
1: that. And not just schools, but like going to the grocery store. Uh, the right. One of the main things they keep coming back to in that, that specific episode of the podcast was uh, they have this reality show in there called My First Errand, and they have like even a two-year-old, they send Somebody. them out. To, I've to heard it. some somebody else told me about that show. I was like, it's on Netflix. What? You can, you what can watch this? it on Netflix. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it's great cause the kids are cute and whatever. And they mm-hmm. send them on an errand, like to go down to yeah. the corner store, pick up some, some bread and bring it back. Right. Yeah. Um, and then what they, what they have to do along the way to get there. Now it is a reality show. So produ- the kids do go on their, the errands, but uh, you know right. that when they get on a taxi or something, the producer is the taxi driver. Right. they're they're not sure. letting kids and they're they're following them you know incognito along the way, so it's not like yeah. a, a real thing, so it's not 100%. but a lot of them a lot of the things are you know when they're by you know, by the time they're seven or eight, they are definitely running to the store on their own, yeah. and you know to to run these things or doing these kind of errands it's a natural part of the society so there's a long way to say that because of that, you see this in a lot of things in Japanese uh, anime or their their media you're like how are kids just walking on their own everywhere at, at all age and look at look at Pokemon you got there's mm-hmm. travel in the world right <laughs> who lets these kids travel because that is something they can totally do and right. seems very natural so in this show that we watched today it's the same kind of thing They like he travels to, to Tokyo or she travels to Tokyo and he travels wherever they get on the train for the day and then come they have to come back Right. Yeah. And like, that is, seems so weird. Like, you know, kids, high school kids would do this whatever. Like, yeah, they totally do. And they've done this since little, uh, the last part on, I wanted to say on that thing is that they, they mentioned was that they said buses, they do have buses in, in Japan. And, they, and it, some of the guys said like, uh, do you guys use buses? Like, yes, we have, we have uh, walk buses. And like, what do you mean walk buses? It's like not buses there. They have, it starts school starts where the high school kids, or the oldest kids in whatever grade they're in will go to the n- next house and pick up the next kids, and they all walk in a long bus oh. to all the <laughs> in a train to house to house. And you know what time that train or bus people walk bus is going to come by your house to have your kids ready to go out to it. And mm-hmm. the ki- older kids find it uh, it's like, like a, you're talking about, like it's like carpooling, but they're walking, but they're walking, and it's kids. Yeah. And kids taking care of each other along the way. The older yeah. ones taking care of the younger ones. So as you kind of graduate and grow into the next class, you get more kind of responsibility. And so it, it teaches them that responsibility to care for each other. And then when you're an adult, you feel that way kind of all the way. It's a whole system that's amazing. And that that makes me watch these anime shows just a t- totally different way now. Like sure. with kids and, and young things. A lot of the animes are our young people and I've always called in the question like, how are the heck are they just able to run around and do, you know, <laughs> because that's normal. That's totally normal. And then after listening to that thing, I'm like, yeah, that's a wonderful, wonderful way to have children and in, in societies and communities and things like that. And it's a the model best, that we should,
0: um, the best description I heard for, um, Japanese, uh, culture doesn 't even seem like the right word for it, but they 're like thing or like a way to describe them to try and understand them as as someone on the outside um, is from a podcast series I really like called hardcore History uh, with kay. Dan Carlin he used to be he used to do like news current events commentary, but now he just does this history show as far as I know. he makes these very long podcast episodes like four or five hours long and, and like that that'll be just one part of a long series um but he yeah. did a series on on japan during leading up to and during world war ii um and an and expression that he used repeatedly is that the japanese are like everybody else only more so okay. which is not interesting way of saying that they will take things ideas philosophies whatever and take them almost to an extreme or another way to say it is like just do it more than almost anybody else who who does that thing so in a positive aspect a positive uh societal trait is something like this communities centered around walkability and kids being safe on the street thing that you that you just described in its entirety um in a negative aspect maybe when uh japan was quote-unquote opened up to western culture in the early uh 20th century they looked at countries like england france and spain who had mostly gotten out of uh england took longer than the others but had mostly gotten out of imperialism and and uh colonialism uh uh, germany was getting into it right yeah um they looked at that and said that's great we're going to do that too we are going to unite all of the asian countries under ourselves in the same way that hitler wanted to unite the whole globe under germany right and and then you have things like kamikaze pilots, right? Which are like, yeah. you know, patriotism, dedication to, you know, your homeland is being invaded. Um, you know, I think that in a similar context, there are Americans who would sign up to be kamikaze pilots, but yeah. maybe not as readily as as um, as a Japanese person might. Um, but there are a lot of those kind of things, like um, I think I've talked about their their attitude toward cleanliness, right? In all contexts. It's almost obsessive in some ways where they'll they always take their shoes off and they have different you know, you have slippers in your house for guests to wear. So they can take off their street shoes and put on house shoes when uh-huh. they come in when they come into your house. And they're what was it? It's something about um, like doors in a in an apartment that opens outside. Uh, Their doors will open in. No. They'll open out, right? Our doors open in so that a door can't block the hallway. And also, whether intentionally or not, so that like police or somebody can break a door in, it's easier than Mm -hmm. a door that opens out. I don't know if that's intentional, but I assume it's for fire safety to not block hallways. Yeah. Um, In Japan, the doors open out, so that then people can go outside into the hallway and sweep up their shoe entry area, whatever that's called. Yeah. Um, and the the article where I read this said they'll sweep this up. They don't sweep it outside, right? We would sweep it outside, right? It's my house. And if it's outside, like outside is dirty. It's fine. They sweep it up in a dustpan and put it in their trash. Like they don't yeah. sweep it outside. And they, you know, they don't litter. They clean up after themselves. Um, because the, the example in that story is that in schools they rotate, like who has to clean up the classrooms at the end of the day. And so everybody is taught and trained from an incredibly young age, um, respect for the space and the people around them that they would never even consider littering, right? Littering would be like slapping somebody in the face they just yeah. it's not even um not even considered um yeah anyway i've gone off on a tangent
1: <laughs> well yeah it's it's just a whole different kind of society things in there and that's reflected in their stories and it's one of the things that i enjoy about anime and and why what me watching and consuming anime is a different experience in a different way i judge what viewing anime than i do other things because uh, it's a different, it, that part of the cultural understanding or experiences is interesting on a whole different level than that it, you know, and adds to a story hmm. for me. It may not be as add to story for someone who lives in Japan or something, but yeah, for me, right. it's, it. I think it, it adds a lot of salt and pepper to a, to an already interesting story in, in general. So, yeah. yeah, cool. All right. So next week we have mine. So uh, I'm going to go easy on this one. Because I've got, I'm doing a lot going on this week, um, and this is one of my favorite shows for stupid reasons. There's there's no real reasons. It, the reason is that it's stupid. Uh, it's Big Trouble Little China. It's okay. got my guy Kurt Russell in it, of course. Yeah, uh, I can, you know, can't can't go without that, that guy. You're gonna um, run out
0: of those movies eventually
1: eventually we'll watch his whole catalog you know it's funny I, I didn't actually realize how much I enjoy that guy until we start doing these things and I'm realizing oh man and then you call me out on it I'm like yeah I think you're really right um, but like most Kurt Russell movies um, I also understand now why you liked uh, Christmas Chronicle or whatever that was called so <laughs> well I I will say again I didn't like that one Sydney liked that one a lot so I enjoyed okay. watching it with her um, it's very much a kids movie very much a kids movie, you know. I enjoyed watching that with her. Um, now, uh, Big Trouble Little China is very much a, a movie with Kurt Russell, not not like Soldier per se, but like Overboard or something. You know, it's okay. just it's just adventure, and that's it. You know, and um, it, I think '80s kind of adventure. Um, but when you watch this one, anyone who's watching with this, I even if you've watched it before, watch it with this in mind. The main char- character, which is um, Kurt Russell, is not the main character. Can you tell me who is the main character? Um, okay. Right. So w- watch it with that in mind, even though you think he's the main character, but think think of it that he's a sidekick, and it, that changes the whole movie. Interesting. Okay, so that's what we got for this week.
0: Um, All right, we're yeah. we're running long. Every time we say we might go short, we we run long. We how run long. That, right. Yeah. How does that always happen? We talk about game of thrones and ring of power house house of the dragon for
1: 40 minutes and then <laughs> <laughs> it's because we can some of the things that are, are interesting to us and, and exciting right right all right well you've been
0: listening to front porch this is episode 263 uh thanks always to our friends at lrm online you can check them out they have reviews on all the things if you have questions comments feedback tell us everything we are wrong about uh george R. R. martin jrr R. tolkien and any other authors with uh, repeated middle initials, you can reach us <laughs> via email. That address is frontporchpod at gmail.com. Or you can go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, and use the contact forms there to reach out to us. There are also show notes uh, when relevant. I don't think we have
1: any this week. Um, but, oh, I do, uh, do want to add real quick. We're, I think uh, we're going to watch Ender this week, so guys. So if you're if you're still missing oh, yeah. in here yeah. we're, what, and or and, we're, and maybe maybe the rebooted quantum leap i think that's yeah going maybe there's we'll, we'll, we'll give it a shot right we'll see what that's like yeah
0: i never watched yeah. the original so we'll see what that's yes. what that's like i like time travel stuff i do too all okay. right sorry I, I?
1: interrupt the area
0: you're good you're good you're uh, leaving us you, comments if you enjoy the front porch please consider subscribing on the podcast or if your choice and while you're there if you would leave us a positive review we appreciate that it helps us out a lot As always, thanks so much for joining us. And until next time, I'm Dennis.
1: And I'm Michael. For The Front Porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.